Are you ready? Cue the music. Welcome to Sounding Board, the podcast about freedom and capitalism. Good evening, Andrew. Good evening. How did you like the music? Yeah, I like that we can hear the music when we're recording time. the, the intro. Time. Yeah, well, what'll be fun is when we do the outro later, well, because we like to, to fade it in. Yeah, so I've got I've got the fade in, but we're going to have to time it just right because normally this is all added uh, for our special friends. This is this is all added post production, so I kind of work out seven or eight seconds from the end or however long it is, uh, you know, when to start kind of ramping the music up at the end. Um, so I've got the ramp up, but we're going to have to be we're going to have gonna to be guess. Fun. Yeah, we, we might have to talk very, very quickly at the end um, or shout over the top of the recording Pad if we get the, the timing time. wrong. Yeah. It's, it's going uh, to be fun. It's going to be all part, of, all part of the fun. It's a bit like, a bit like live radio. You've also, you've also got to remember you don't press the wrong button because what might we hear instead? If we, if we don't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> that. I don't think that's as good an outro, if, if I'm honest. No, 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 probably not, unless we're very, very funny. Anyway, Nick, good to see you again, even though it's not in person. Um, it's uh, obviously we're still in the lockdown, but it's, it's good that we can still, even if our, our, our listeners can't see us uh, because of the because of the, the failures of, of a video. Um, at least at least we can see each other. Um, I wanted to talk to you today about something that I've observed between, and you like this, between the left and the right. Um, so it's been, it's been a while. Back to our old stomping ground. But we do we do like to, to, to talk about the left and the right. And there, there are different ways we do that. Sometimes we, we define things or policies. Um, it's it's between, been a while since we played the left-right left, game. We, 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 yeah. should, we should play the left-right game again. And I recommend to all our listeners to go and look back at our left-right games because they're quite fun. Uh, but uh, but yeah, go and on. and educational. Well, this is slightly different. This is this is more the difference between left wingers and right wingers. Or as I mean, we've so we've said before, there there, there, there aren't there aren't really any any right wingers left. There are right wingers who a- adopt a portion of their ideology for the left because you know right wingers still tend to believe in the NHS uh, and education that kind of stuff. There are there are some kind of pure left wingers. Uh, who believe that the state should own the means of production for everything. Um, but again, most left-wingers will still believe that there should be a, a certain amount of regulation, licensing, even borders, that kind of thing. Um, but this is the difference between people who are broadly on the left and people who are broadly on the right. Um, and the, the, the difference that I've noticed, and you can tell me whether this is just in my head or, or whether it's actually right. true, it's how people on the left and people on the right criticise each other. So right-wingers will tend to criticise left-wingers because of their left-wing ideas. They'll criticise owning the means of production uh, and the, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing. Uh, whereas left-wingers, they tend to criticise right-wingers not for regulation, licensing, and, and all the right-wing ideas. They tend to criticise them for the more liberal or libertarian ideas. So anything that involves freedom, individual choice, that kind of thing. Um have have you noticed that at all? I I have. I think that's quite a good observation. And yeah, that they will accuse them of being libertarians when they're nothing of the sort. Um, 
and you know come up with their you know untrammeled free markets and and all the dangers that that might um, that that might give. I I think I mean obviously there's 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 one angle which is just that's a it's an they're an easy target because they don't know how to defend those ideals um, because they don't they don't really believe in them in an absolute sense. And maybe we should explore that a little bit more in a mo- in a moment. The one thing I have thought about, though, is with our definitions of left and right, which we think are uh, more more pure. I d- it, pure is a horrible word now, don't you think? Pure pure has been taken to mean really quite nasty, isn't it? Yeah, if you're, you if t- you're t- pure, it tends, to get, it tends to get lumped in with the the, the pure communists and the fascists. Yes, um, and and ethnic purity. Purists. Yeah, it, yeah, but strict senses of of these terms. You know, you and I have spent a long time discussing the definitions and the aspects and characteristics of the left wing and the right wing in political terms, and and we've thought about it. We've you know we've we've gone on a journey where we've tried to make sense of it and look at it over history and and how it's perceived now. Most people haven't done that. Um, and I, I I don't want to fall into the trap that only our definitions are right um, and left, um, but 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 I think that there is a, still a very common modern, um, and I think we we were probably in this camp as well until not that long ago in the scheme of things, and that was to lump together a bunch of freedom policies. With your classic borders regulation, state control, but not not communism, not ownership, um, and 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 call that broadly the right, call that conservatism, um, and so I think that that's still quite a quite a prevalent um, viewpoint of what the right is. Uh, and so they pick the easy bit of it to criticise them on. Certainly, the bit of it that they don't really believe in, or, or at the very least, they find very easy to trash. Yeah. So I've 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 thought about this, and and I wasn't. I would hope so. I <laughs> I, I wasn't sure whether which way round it was. So obviously. Um, right wingers get lumped in with with libertarians all the time, and and like you say, you know, I and actually I, the other I, way around as well. Libertarians yes. get lumped in with right wingers when it's not fair either. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, it, it it happens all the time. But I was wondering whether this was because of that, or whether this part this was partly a cause of that. Well, what do you mean so, by that? Well, so one one of the one of the reasons that that libertarians and Right wingers were lumped together. Was is, is perhaps because of this constant criticism by the left. Uh, it, it could it could have helped lump them together. Does that make sense? As opposed to the, as opposed to the left reacting to this, oh, right? The, the left could have could have possibly helped to, to cause the link between uh, between the right and uh, the I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know. Um, I I'm not. I'm not sure if there's a causal a causal link there. Um, Obviously, uh, generally speaking, right wingers believe in a market. It's just that they don't that they they'll call it a free market, but what they really mean is a a regulated market. 
um, and that the state should be final arbiter for for most things. Um, and it's it's in the name of uh, of, of the protection of um, uh, you know it's consumer rights. It's you know it's this kind of thing. Um, I think you're right that what then the left will do is say you don't want to protect the consumer. You just want the free market, really, don't you? And I don't know. I don't know whether it works. I suppose that's another aspect to to talk about. Does, well, it, think, does think, it work? I think another, another, another reason is, and we've touched on this before, is that it is quite possible and, and common to have various different stages of right-wing thought. So you can get the people who think, who believe about laissez-faire capitalism and light-touch regulation, and then you can get a bit more regulation, a bit more and a bit more and a bit more, and you can have, you know, there's a there's a slope there. Whereas on the left, it tends to be once you believe that owning the means of production is is the best way forward, then that's it. You don't you don't believe that, um, for example, the state should own thirty percent of every company. Or forty percent of every company, it can't, you know, it's just like it's all or nothing. Whereas the right, there, there tends to, there tends to be that kind of gap that um, that when left is is filled with freedom as opposed to filled with communism. Explain a, a large chunk of the Labour Party then, the modern Labour Party. So, which which chunk? When you say the modern Labour Party, do you do you mean people like Jeremy Corbyn and his lot, or do you mean the new Labour who are now the old? <laughs> no, I suppose the they are Labor. the modern Labour Party, uh, old new Labour. <laughs> I'm talking Labor. about those that. Yeah, I'm talking about those that really haven't um, taken that pill. That it's it's not. It, they they are very much soft left. These people that. It's not about the means of production. It's, well, they're centrists. I would, I, would, I would class them as being centrists, which I think I think the vast majority of people within the Conservative and the Labour Party are, are, are centrists. That's the problem. That That's the problem with all of this, is you talk about people being broadly on the left and broadly on the right, and then it turns out that actually they're all centrists. There, there isn't much purity of thought going on at all actually and most of it's tribal most of it's just you're in the conservative party so I'll so I'll shout at you you're in the labor party so I'll shout at you there's all manner of them are so close on so many different policy areas and they just reach for easy ammunition to throw at the other but probably those on the left are better at criticizing those on the right but Basically, they're all centrists. I think there. I think there's, there's a. There are a lot more people on the left than there are on the right. I mean, think well, of again, how big yeah, momentum are. Think of how popular Jeremy Corbyn and his his policies that, are. Yeah, no, I think that, are, that, that's fine. I think, are, I think most people very are, new. That's only in the last few years that that's that that's happened. And I I bet if you still polled the the MPs, the parliamentary party um, of the Labour Party, they were just all in it for their jobs. They they weren't in it because they wanted to own the means of production. <laughs> it's about power. Uh, yeah, it's it's about power for all of them. Um, so do you do you think we should? Okay, this is a question for you. Do you think we should stop worrying and stop talking about the left and the right completely? A bit. If, if, yeah. if they're if they're all centrists. Well, yeah, and they're all statists and. 
I think we could probably start grouping people together in other ways. Certainly, I I don't I don't know how useful it is anymore to talk about them in that. Not least of which because what we have to keep doing is qualifying them with um, how hard or soft their left or right tendencies are in each of their curious mix of centrism. And so it's just it's confusing. You can't there 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 is no way of saying that person is this, that person is that. See this is this is where I slightly disagree because I still I still and I and I, I don't think there are these people really exist on the right, but I still think the socialists are a threat and there are enough of them for them to be a, a pain in the backside. Um, okay, I'll agree with you that the probably the most clear group of anyone on this spectrum are the socialists slash communists. I think I think I'm totally with you there. I think and I, and I suppose I'll agree when you say those that have gone, yes, that's it. I am convinced this is the way that the economy should be run. Um that's it. It's all or nothing. But- and there are lots there are lots more of these people than that. As you alluded to just now, you used to just get these mad Crackpots. toothless idiots outside King's Cross waving the morning star at you. Um, and that that was it. That was all they were. I tell you ten what, ten years ago, and now they're everywhere. I tell you, I, t- I tell you what. I mean, it, oh, it's very, it's very popular. It's very trendy to be a communist. Um, uh, I'm what, what I'm thinking though is what we're what we're doing without thinking about it is actually defining the political ground very much like those in that socialist group do which is anyone that's not part of that group is a blairite i mean so there's if you look at you know you've got the the four quadrants of the political spectrum so you've got on the top left you've got like authoritarian left top right authoritarian right bottom left you know libertarian left if there is such a thing and then yeah. the bottom right libertarian right so yeah, well that's why think, i don't necessarily like that quadrant system but yeah so but just just imagine imagine that for a moment and then imagine in the in the top left uh, right in the corner you know you got your jeremy corbyn's Seamus milne you know yeah. like kind of authoritarian um uh, you know authoritarian left if you're not within that tiny square which is maybe a 16th of the yeah. authoritarian left square you're a right winger, as far as they're concerned. It's like them, and then everything else is is that's the right. You're you're a fascist. You're a Nazi. Yeah, but what we're saying is that you're you are basically a Blairite, which is a centrist, which is someone who advocates for policies of the left and the right, policies of state ownership and not, uh, and of regulation and and some market. Yeah, and I think going back to our last podcast where we talked about hard and soft centrists, I think most people are probably hard centrists. So they, they like quite they, they like stuff on the authoritarian side of the right and the left, as opposed to just wanting a couple of things nationalised, like like health, education, and roads, and then liking laissez-faire capitalism. I think what's been really interesting about the the last month or so has been that people seem very very ready to accept authoritarianism now there's a supposedly a very good reason for it you know um albeit we don't think there is <laughs> but I mean, there's I, not many people agree with us 
Yeah. So, so one, there's never a good reason. Yeah. yeah that, that's it. Agreed. It, it wasn't liberty or death unless there's a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's there's there's never a good reason. So so and this this is my issue with lots of people arguing um, on our side, arguing there shouldn't be a lockdown, but they're, they're saying it's for economic reasons. No, it's not for economic reasons. It's for moral reasons. Moral there shouldn't reasons. be a lockdown. Um, but uh, I've and I've forgotten where I was going with this. Okay, let let me say let me say one other thing then. Um, off topic again because. I, I think that people have been too ready to accept authoritarianism, and um, but I, something else I've observed, and I wanted to know whether you've observed this in in the legacy media on on social media as well, and that is a lot of people are very ready to, if not blame China outright, but criticise China and globalism. Uh, the interconnected trade world that we have now, uh, and certainly the you know the dominance of China in certain fields, uh, and I keep seeing, but it it might be it might be self selection. I keep seeing proper right wingers come out now saying, "Well, we should reevaluate our relationship with China." Uh, in a in a very non George Osborne type of way, people like Ian Duncan Smith. Uh, but then also your Nick Timothys and people like this are all coming out now, and your William Hagues—they're they're all coming out saying you know, this. This is about changing the way we we, we deal with China, um, and I'm not seeing exactly the same thing from from the figures on the left. No, I'm seeing something completely different in that they are looking at China and saying, hasn't China done a great job? They've got so much, so few deaths compared to us. Aren't they fantastic? We should have, we should have been more authoritarian like them in the first place. It wasn't their fault that, that it, it came from China. In fact, it may have came from Europe anyway. It's nothing to do with them. We should learn from them. And I'm seeing an awful lot of that on the left as well. Yeah. Are you seeing any rejection of, in quotes, globalism from the Not- left? Not from the left, no, no. Only from it's the all right. coming from the right, from what I can see, and that's why I wanted to see if I was just. You know, see, as I say, say that, see now, there is a difference between the left and the right. There, there are people who are broadly on the left and people who are broadly on the right. Even though you and I would probably class them as as centrists, there there are definitely centre left and centre right. Well, so which there's is de- why there's definitely a difference. Th- th- there is, but I don't know whether it's along the the lines that we've defined i don't i don't think it's about whether you're closer to owning the means of production or not i think there there are there are other things that we aren't articulating well enough yet i don't think to define sure. that someone's on the left on the right and i don't know whether that's to do with identity politics um or curbs on speech more specifically um than than some of these other areas so th- those are things that left wingers have clung on to but the people who are the identitarians and the people who are against free speech at the moment are still the ones who are advocating for the most ownership of the means of production by the state. They are still, by our definitions, more left than the people on the right. Yes. So you, you've picked up on a couple of things that help identify lefties, um, but they're still, they, they still advocate for more, left, more left-wing policies than right-wing. And the right, you know, the, the people who are on the centre right will still advocate for more 
you know, a little bit of laissez-faire capitalism. Yeah, um, I suppose I want, I do want to explore this a bit more. I don't know whether um, whether it's in this podcast or not, but I want to explore the characteristics of of people on the left and the right, if not the specific policies of the left and the right. Um, I watched about ten or fifteen minutes of um, uh, Scott Adams today. Um, oh, he's so clever. <laughs> on one of his daily, he just has a cup of tea and just chats on on Twitter, doesn't he? Um, and uh, and I haven't I haven't watched him for ages. Um, and he was he was talking about whether he was an expert or not. And he said, "I want to clarify something because I think I was too broad in one of my definitions, and I've been criticised for it. Uh, and I've been criticising." I've been criticising people who are, in quotes, experts. And no, I'm not a doctor. No, I don't know yet, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but he's saying what, this is what my experience gives me and what I have been constantly proved to, to be good at is basically sniffing out bullshit. <laughs> and, and, to, and, and he listed a load of things. It's like, no, I called that. I called it on that. I called it on that. I called that. And he said, I can't even tell you always the specifics of why, but I can instantly go, that's not right. And and he described people who are good at telling a fake painting from a real one. And it, they come to the definition. They come to their absolute exactitude of what it is um, very, very quickly. They'll just look at it and go, that's a fake. And then, then when asked, why do you think it's a fake? They have to think about it and they have to go, well, actually, it's about that particular brushstroke over there or whatever. But they got the sense of it. Their brain processed it almost too quickly for their conscious mind to understand. And I think potentially that that occurs when defining people on the left and the right. We know them when we see them, but it's not always easy to, to define exactly why. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Scott Scott Adams is very, very clever, and his 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 observations in general, not just his ability to know when people are lying, but his general observations are amazing. And he's he's it's been, a lifetime of observation for him. Uh, his obviously the you know the Dilbert comic strip is all about observation, isn't it? I mean, that's that's what it's based on, and so I agree. I think he's I think he's one of the most observant men alive. <laughs> But it's you know he's been he's been getting a lot of he's been got a lot, getting a lot of criticism in the last few years because people think he's pro Trump, but all yes. he's been doing and, and he's he's not he's he's never said I'm a I'm a Trump fanboy. All he said is Trump is very very good at this. This is this is what will happen. Just you know come, come back come back to this in in six months time and let me know if I'm right or not. Yeah. And he's always been right. He's always been right. You know he's he's been yeah. very very good at predicting just because of his his observations. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, and I think that we need to improve our lexicon when it comes to defining the characteristics of people on the left and the right. I think, and I think maybe that should be a topic of another podcast. Yeah, I mean, so there, there, there are definite things that, like you say, like the the identity politics. They tend to left wingers tend to embrace contradictions. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's there there are there are there are things about left wingers. So, and uh, Jonathan Haidt has, has written a, a book about this, uh, about kind of different parts of the brain. And, you know, I, 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 I need to reread, but, um, you know, there are basically, it, it, it appears that there are kind of different different parts of the brain that do different things. And 
right wingers kind of have all of them, but left wingers only have like half. <laughs> so it it's 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 not that they don't have them, but you know they they which is why has he right seriously wingers, got like left wingers and right wingers in an MRI scan and asked them questions? I mean, is that how? <laughs> I'm 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 not sure, um, but there's. There, there are things that. So, for example, if you look, if you look at right wingers, can infiltrate left wing circles all the time, mm. and they will just they'll they'll be they'll be able to do that. They, they can pass the ideological Turing test every single time. Left wingers, it's just impossible. They just don't understand how right wingers think. Yeah, it's you know it, it's and and so and you know left wingers embrace they embrace contradictions a lot. Um, if you if you ask uh, if you ask a, some if you ask someone. And this is this is a Michael Malice thing that I love. If you ask if you ask someone, are some people better than others? If they give you an answer straight away, they're a right winger. If they give you a speech, they're a left winger. <laughs> right. Okay. You know, so, so you know, there, there, there are definitely different different things um, that you know that, 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 that separate left wingers and right wingers. Different personality types. You know, different way the the, the brains work. Um, it would be interesting to know where people like us fit because obviously we're neither. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I, I dislike the right as much as I dislike the left. Um, and you know, it'd be interesting where you know where, where libertarians and, and 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 these sorts of people fit, and and how their brains work compared to this. Um, you know, we're, we're quite rare. You know, compared to compared to most wingers, most most people, sorry, you know, generally fit into the left or the right or or you know or the centre. Um, it's it's very few of us who who don't fit on the political spectrum at all. Um, I, I agree, and I, I'm finding it interesting finding those people on uh, on on social media, um, and I suppose d- doing the equivalent of the ideological Turing test on them for um, for being someone who um, who values freedom, uh, and and seeing how far that how seeing how far that goes, because a lot of people that describe themselves as libertarian, and yeah, it's it's just a word. Um, but they will they will often be you know very government supporting people um won't they and and you know way well into democracy uh, massively into democracy um which uh, which i find really interesting um, but, but having said that you know i yeah, it's it's taken me time to go on that journey and to understand um you know how it's not the be all and end all and uh, uh and and you know how it how it actually works in in practice um i'm i'm reading on your recommendation the machinery of freedom oh, um, fantastic fantastic right, right now uh, what an excellent book what a truly excellent book i recommend it to absolutely everyone um and it, it's mainly talking um about uh regulation and licensing at at the moment uh, in, in terms of saying that you can't think about you can't think about state control. You can't think about monopolies, in in the sense that um, that you're kind of used to, uh, which is either a state monopoly is something like the NHS, which is which is state owned. Well, um, yeah, he talks about natural and unnatural monopolies, doesn't he? Very well. Yes, he does. Um, but state monopolies, what I hadn't really ever, I'd, I'd not really put the concept of a market which is so state controlled that it basically is a state monopoly um and so that's really interesting reading uh reading about that um like and how, what do you mean you mean like like cartels and yes and, and and the banks in england for example well, he talks about cartelizing <laughs> as a as a as a term and how um 
and how it's the it, it's the organisations, it's the commissions and the regulators and 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 the licensing agencies, all of that, all of that quangocracy that um, that that essentially is run. I mean, he's talking about essentially being run by industry, actually, um, in that they're the only people who know about it anyway. So either they come from industry or they're influenced by people from from industry. And and the and the big players, as we've said before, those wishing to shut out smaller competition in order to try and maintain their their own um, stranglehold on a, a segment of the of the market, um, and and all it does is produce higher prices for customers. That's that's yeah, and, I mean, and lower quality. Yeah, so so that that's accurate. Although I would argue, even if that wasn't the case, there still wouldn't be an argument for regulation anyway. Even if it was done by angels, um, it wouldn't. Yes. It, yeah, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't work. Can we just go back to Centris again for for a moment? So, yeah. I think, I again just trying to trying to narrow this down. There are, I know we've said that basically everybody's a centrist these days, um, other than other than perhaps the socialists. Um, and, and and half a dozen of us libertarians, um, but there are so there are centr- again, and and we've, we've we've talked about the difference between hard centrists and and, and soft centrists. Um, there are also, I think, there are people who we would perhaps class as centrists, but they wouldn't class themselves that way. Oh, totally. Um, so there there are, there are centrists. There are people who absolutely identify as centrists. And there are people that we think, you know, I mean, I would, I would lump, I would lump the Blairites in with the current Tory Party, for example. Yes, um, I think they're very, very similar. And they would, they would probably argue that, oh no, no, we're centre right and they're centre left. But they're so close together that I think, for all intents and purposes, they're centrists. You know, as near as it makes no difference. It's, it's a change of language that they use, and that's it. Not a change of policy. And I think that's yeah. important that they will use the language of the left and the centre left to criticise those on the centre right and vice versa. The policies are nigh on identical. Yeah, and then so this is this is another, but this is another thing. I wanted to come on to the, the people who actually identify as centrists, who you know, who, ah, who, you're Rory Stewart's. Yeah, exactly. So Rory Stewart. So centrists often they often one of the things they do they try and claim to find the best formula for want of a better a better, yeah, a better yeah. term. Yeah, the best the best ratio between left and right. They're, they're um, defining themselves by very specifically saying, "Of course, we're not extreme." Yeah, and they also they also they, they claim to look at yeah they claim to look at evidence, um, but I, I can you think of a centrist who has actually studied anything, actually kind of looked into what works, what doesn't work, looked at other countries, and have can you name a centrist who's actually changed their beliefs on anything? Because this is my point. This is another point that I, I want to make. I think they are just as ideological as everybody else. And I can't think of an I can't think of a situation where a centrist has gone. You know what? We've we've had we've had COVID nineteen. I've looked at Germany's healthcare system. It's distributed. There there are you know there's a smaller portion run by the state. The rest are run by either insurance companies or charities in the church. It has and better they've outcomes. Dealt, they've dealt with it better than we have. So maybe we should adopt a similar system over here. Can you can you think of any examples of anything like that that's ever happened? No, because I, I can't. I think I think centrists no. are just as ideological as everybody else. And they might claim to, oh yeah, we look at the evidence. We're just, you know, we're 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 coming to the best conclusions. A mixture of the left and the right, depending on what works. Yeah, have you ever changed your mind? I, no, I think I think you're bang on, and I've never thought about it that way. But they are they are as stuck in their ways, if that's what you mean by ideological. They, of course, yes, 
they are uh, that by very definition they as you say they should be flexible they should be seeking out this perfect formula but actually that the reason they're a centrist is because they think they've already found it and what they're trying to do is convince everyone else of their particular mix but you're right i can't think of any of them that have ever said right i now think that we need a bit more free market over here what what they tend to do is is apply more left wing or right wing ideas and policies to what may already exist and so they will come up with a new quango they'll come up with uh, a the creation of a, the, the the false creation of a market you know like carbon or whatever um, they will come up with things because they think that it's needed and because they think that um, that there are harms being yeah. online harms is a great example yeah and a new quango to regulate the big um, tech giants and social media companies because of online harms that 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 is a a, a fairly right wing although they would say it was centrist because it's about sensible regulation. Now, and, and again, I, sp- I suppose it's just another point worth making is that no no one on the political spectrum defines regulation as right-wing. Do they? Us. Yeah. but And, and, and you're on Brooke, and, and that's it. Yeah. Um, because because no, nobody – again, this is a point we've made before. Nobody knows what left and right is anymore. Yes. No, Nobody knows – you know, but does that mean it, it, we're right or wrong? Uh, or sorry, sorry, does that mean we're correct or not? Um, so I, I came to this conclusion after quite a lot of research and looking at what you know what what has been left and right over the ages, um, and you know left left wing has has kind of changed a bit. You know, the original left wingers were, were, were freedom lovers, and they were they were people who generally. Um, uh, you know, wanted wanted more freedom. They they didn't like the current system of feudalism, uh, and they were just arguing for people to be to be free to you know to, to plant what they want and to farm and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so they were they were the original you know people who sat on the sat on the left hand side of the, the French government, I think it was. Um, uh, so yeah, and, and you had the right wingers who just wanted it as it was, where there you know it was a very very orderly controlled system that you know absolutely didn't work, but. That, that's what they wanted. They, you know, they, they, they themselves, you know, the landowners, uh, you know, they were doing very well out of it, uh, but nobody, nobody else was. Um, I mean, I say very well. They're only doing very well relative to everybody else. You know, of course, after the industrial revolution, um, everyone, uh, you know, every, everyone got better, and everyone. You think of the standard of living today yeah. um, compared to a couple of hundred years ago. Whereas a couple of hundred years ago, prior to two hundred years ago, wouldn't have been that different. You know, humanity kind of stagnated for you know for hundreds and thousands of years. And, you know, very very slow progress, and then suddenly, you know, it, it went off went off on a rocket ship. Um, but the right have always had this kind of orderly, controlled, you know, uh, way of doing things, um, which is and, and regulation sits within that absolutely, one hundred percent. It's not the state owning the means of production. Yeah, you know, left wingers, the socialists took over from the left, um, you know, probably one hundred and fifty or so years, maybe a couple of hundred years ago, um, and and since then, 
that's what kind of the left has 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 meant. It's been all about owning the means of production, um, but the right has always been kind of all you know orderly in control. Things like conservatism have have kind of changed. You know, the conservat- conservatism, I would say, has kind of has moved more to the left. Um, but the, I, I don't class that as well, you know. The I, I, I'm not- party in this country has certainly done that. Yeah, um, and even even conservatives in America, though, you th- think of one thing that conservatives have actually managed to conserve over the years, and 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 the whole the whole thing is that they just it's like I mean, my, again, I, I keep referring to Michael Malice, but he has he has a, a great quote in that conservatism is just progressivism driving within the speed limits. <laughs> you know, it's just it's a slightly slower movement in that direction. Yes, um, they don't really stop anything, and they don't really like. They will never go kind of think right. Okay, we've we've moved this in this direction for the last however many years, we're just going to completely roll it back to the way it was. They never do that. They just, they just slow stuff down. Um, and they don't really I think that's absolutely anything. right. I, I think that's absolutely right. I think that um, the, the slow change they're they're for slow change, but they're still for change is I think what Michael Malice is saying, isn't he? Um, and I, I agree with that. I think they just like to do things in an orderly manner. <laughs> I mean, whether, whether it's whether it's they whether it's they, they want slow change or whether it's they're just rubbish at actually conserving it, I'm not. I'm not too sure. I don't think the word works anymore, though, does it? Conservative. Um, it's yeah. It's if it ever did, it, I mean, it, it it always used to. Conservatives were the people who used to want to conserve the the old way of life. Yeah. Um, and they've probably changed less than, for example, the left. You know, than, than the left moving from libertarianism to socialism. That's that. You know, that's, that's probably not quite as big a change, but it kind of happened very quickly and has, has stayed that way ever since. Whereas conservatives have just slowly been moving towards the left, yeah. um, and and towards the top on the on the kind of authoritarian spectrum as well. Um, oh yes, only nanny state. Yeah, for sure, sure. But I mean, going back to your point as well, in the in the people who identify as centrists, if something that they advocate goes wrong, they they, I mean, the only way that they will ever so slightly change their mind, um, and and even then, you could argue it's not really changing their mind, is that they won't ever say, okay, this hasn't worked, let's try something else. It's this hasn't worked, so we need to do more of it. Oh, I was about to say they're the biggest double downers. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. So that regulation hasn't worked. We need more regulation. Oh yeah. well, the, the we know the EU isn't great. What we need is just a little bit more EU. Well, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to tweak what you say there a bit and say it's not necessarily about more. It's about what they call reform. So we need a better regulation. We need to reform the EU. What it ends up with is it's what you said. More, it's always more they're, exactly. They're, they're just not being honest with themselves. Yes, you end up with an increase, absolutely all every time. But what their language is is, and I think, I genuinely think they believe it when they say it, which is that didn't work. I need something better. That regulation didn't work. I need better regulation. And as soon as that filters down, when they have their meetings with their heads of department and and you know special advisors and secretaries to this and that when it comes down to it the only way they can they can create the nuance that they think is needed is with more words and more exceptions and that's how you end up with a tax code you know 10 times the length of the bible yeah i mean they they they're the they're the worst people for it i think 
Um, and they, I, I guess, so the the centrists and the centre right and the right wingers, they tend to be, they certainly tend to be the most complicated of everything. I would say uh, they're they're, they're over complicators. Ah, uh, over complicators. I mean, yeah, well, that you know. yes, but you've got to justify your existence, haven't you? This is about this is about you've got to be clever, um, and 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 actually for all of its you know myriad flaws um that socialism is actually quite a simple concept it's yeah so so i was just about to say socialism is simple and rubbish and kind of you know fascism and and the right wing is complicated and rubbish potentially and and centrism is the most complicated Okay, it's yeah, it's kind of it's 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 both, isn't it? But it's uh, deliberately it's it's trying to use complexity, I think, uh, to 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 show intelligence. Yeah, so they they like their and we've talked about this before. They like their golden mean fallacies, don't they? Their equities yeah. fallacies and all, and 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 they they love the ability to 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 purport nuance. So they'll say, ah, yes. Uh, you know, we've, we've got we've got this this problem here, and obviously you could go with the ultimate left wing solution or the ultimate right wing solution. But I I found just Perfect what works, balance. just in this sweet spot. Um, but as as we've demonstrated, they just they just they, they come to their conclusions early on. They're ideological, and they never change their mind unless it's to increase and do more of what they suggested in the first place. And I think I think we've we've probably we've we've reached a conclusion that the centrists are probably the most dangerous at the moment. Um, yeah, I think so because because they're in power. I mean, I mean the social and I, and I still I still make the point the socialists. I still think are a threat because I mean that, certainly in Britain, how close were they to getting in? like two and a half thousand votes away from Jeremy Corbyn getting in? I th- in twenty seventeen. In twenty seventeen, I honestly think if he wasn't an anti semite and a terrorist sympathizer, he would have got in. If he, if he was, if he, you know, I, I think that was what put enough people off. That certainly put in, you know, put more than two and a half thousand people off him. I think. So I, I think, I think if they, if they could, I think Labour could easily, they could easily put someone forward who is a, a, a loony socialist. What was it and, in twenty nineteen then? Well, he lost he, by he way got, more. He got smashed. Yeah, he got smashed. So what was it then? If that, if it wasn't that, I think they played. They played more on the anti-Semitism and and the because my one of my criticisms of of the of the right and the Conservative Party was that they weren't making enough of his socialist policies. They were just going all on the offensive about he's he's a terrorist sympathizer. He's an anti-Semite. You can't let that kind of person in power. And my point was always, well, of course. But if he got in, but if he, if, he, if he wasn't an anti-Semite and he wasn't a you know he wasn't a terrorist sympathizer, he, you know it would still be absolutely catastrophic. You still need to give airtime to criticizing his socialist policies because he, he, they just got a, they just got a free pass in the twenty nineteen election. I think twenty nineteen election. Yeah, I think I think his socialist policies got a bit of a free pass in in twenty nineteen. Right, and they were focusing more on on his character as opposed to his policies. I see. I think, I think you could argue that the manifesto in 2019 was more overtly socialist than the 2017. Yes. Oh, yes, it was. Yeah, for sure. For but, sure. But I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure whether that. I would love this. I would love to be wrong on this. I absolutely would love to be wrong on this. But I'm not convinced that was what put people off. Please let me be was, wrong. Well, that's what I was about to say. But I, you see, I think what I want to think is that that put people off. Um, but yet the polling on individual policies 
showed that they were actually really popular. I know, I know. That's another thing. So, so things like nationalising energy and the railways and broadband. all this kind of stuff, broadband. Yeah, they were all with the. And you've got to, you've got to take into account that. So polls. We haven't mentioned I mean, not, the B word either. <laughs> no, I mean I'm not a fan of polls in the in you know generally. Um, but the only the only people that polls take into account are the people dumb enough to take part in polls. Yes. So you know Great. it's it's. Yeah, you can never tell, but certainly the trend was that every single policy on an individual basis was more than fifty percent popular. I mean, some of them were like sort of sixty-five, seventy percent popular with, with with people that they were, you know, they were polling, which is shocking. You know, people, and, and I'm wondering whether it's maybe, maybe, maybe a lot of them are young people who have never been alive for British Rail and this kind of thing. Of course, thinking, oh, yeah, of course. Nation- Nationalising the rail, that's a fantastic idea. They don't, they don't remember how I, I'm awful sure it right. was back in the 70s and the 80s. But you see, this is interesting because we haven't – This is this is it's been ages since we've taught politics, and now that's what we've ended up talking about. And we're now talking about very specific party politics and general elections, which is frankly refreshing. <laughs> but <laughs> what, what we're doing is we're looking back now on the 2019 – December 2019, which is, in the scheme of things, really not that long ago. It's, it it's seems April. like forever. Uh, though, of course it? it does. Of course, I mean, and for obvious, obvious reasons. But are we are we able because it feels like such a long and such a lot has has happened in a short space of time? So a lot of changed in the in everyone's way of life. Are we? Are we looking at the results and the campaign with fresh eyes and observing things that maybe we didn't see immediately afterwards? What my reaction, thinking, talking it through now, is that actually probably what swung it was Brexit in a major, major way, and that this was a thoroughly incoherent policy on Brexit, that there was nothing even close to a majority of people that wanted a second referendum, no matter how much the, oh God, I can't even remember what it was, what was the campaign called? Um, people's vote. The people's vote. I'd genuinely forgotten that, which is you don't, wonderful. You don't hear anything from them anymore, do you? Which is wonderful. Um, well, Alistair Campbell popped up today to criticise Boris for not being at the dispatch box, uh, you know, an, an hour after his missus has given birth. I mean, talk about a has-been. <laughs> um, but I I think it was. I think it was Brexit that, that swung it, and I think that most people lent their vote to Boris to get Brexit done. I mean, I will, I will, I will acknowledge that there's a danger of the of, of, of us going down the kind of post hoc ergo propter hoc fallacy. Ah. And to, so, for our, for our listener, that means after this, therefore, because of this, it's a fallacy that just because just because something happened after something else doesn't mean that the first thing caused the second thing. Um, and the danger here. So, I've been I've been comparing the 2017 and the 2019 election, and there were different things that happened, but you know, between those two elections, and different there were different tactics tried. So, um, in 2019, um, 
Jeremy Corbyn lost by a large margin, and he was very, very close to getting in in, 20, in 2017. Um, the tactics of the Conservative Party were different in 2019, so they attacked him more on his anti-Semitism and uh, his ter- being a terrorist sympathiser and being on the side of everyone against, except yes, Britain. Um, they did that a lot. So there's a danger of thinking, okay, that's the reason that he, he lost. There's also Brexit. And there's a there's a danger of thinking, oh, okay, it was just Brexit because we lost. The manifesto that they brought out was massively more socialist than the 2017 manifesto. And there's a danger of thinking it was just that. So it's it could everything. have been it could it could have been everything. It could have been two out of three. It could have been just one of those three. Nobody really knows. I mean, the reason that I'm erring, or I'm one of the. I mean, you touched on it earlier. One of the reasons that I'm more cautious about socialism is because of all the polls and when they polled his policies they people seem to like them um so i'm 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 worried that people liked his policies didn't like the man and couldn't just couldn't couldn't imagine him with his finger on the button um uh, you know it's it's I, th- I think i think that's you know that that was my worry i would love to be proven wrong and for it to have been that you know socialism was yeah, soundly rejected by the British public, which is what lots of people were saying. But I, I, I'm not sure about. That. I think I definitely think Brexit was was a was a big influence as well. Um, but I still have an inkling that people like socialist policies. And when Brexit is out of the way and no longer an issue, and when the Labour Party puts someone who isn't just a crank um, and an anti-Semite, um, that there, there's a danger of them getting in. You know, maybe not against Boris, like you say, because Boris is very good. But in a few years' time, if Boris has enough, um, or if we, you know, the economy tanks for years and years because of the damage done by his his policies, and the people who lent him a vote last time won't lend him again, you know, the, the Labour Party could get in a, you know, a donkey and and with with socialist policies, um, and they could potentially get in. You know, think an- another another Gordon Brown or or somebody like that who's you know got nothing really about it. <laughs> Um, but it's still a lefty, um, you know. Keir, Keir Starmer potentially, even even one of the other, to be honest, even one of the other loonies, even if they got someone in like Angela Rayner, um, I still think there's a danger that they could that they could get in. That's what I'm worried about, and I would love, I would love to be proven wrong. I would absolutely love for you well, for, for you to be right and think that these people would never get voted I, in by I, the British public. Um, regular listeners will know I think that is utterly absurd uh, and isn't going to happen at all uh, because they are they are completely unelectable you know the, these people I, I don't know if they are because they're you know the, the people t- people appear to like their policies and they're very very similar to Jeremy Corbyn which again you're talking was, about the polls was, I don't think it's that simple I don't, I don't think it's I that hope simple. you're right but I don't I just I, I'm not sure you are I'm not sure you are. I, I, th- I think Labour was so close in 2017 that if it, if it, if, if it had been anybody else, if it had been Angela Rayner in 17, 2017, she could have got in, I think. Or, you know, maybe maybe not Rebecca Long-Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but if it had been pro- Richard Bergen, not, then he definitely would have won. <laughs> hopefully not Richard Bergen. Hopefully not Richard Bergen. Anyway, um, I think we should I think we should wrap it up, which is my signal to you to find the button to press I've got on. the button. You just need to do. You just need to, to say your thing, and I, you know, we will we, we'll get this sorted out. Obviously, the intro was nice and easy, but the outro, as you've identified, might be a bit more difficult. So I'm going to wave at you now and say, "Press the button," and I'll keep talking. 
and say thank you very much for listening to Sounding Board. You can find us on all your favourite podcast app. See you next time. And cut.